Welcome to The Verbal Gym. I'm your host, Dan Green. If you're new to the show, this is a place where we break down the hard work and the hustle that it takes to pursue a career in the world of stand-up comedy. My guest today is an actor and comedian who's a stand-up killer on the, land, on the LA comedy scene. Miguel Rojas, welcome to The Verbal Gym. Oh, thanks, man. How's it going, buddy? How are you? Mate, it's going awesome. Just poured a Guinness. I'm having a good day. There you go. Nice. I can't complain at all. We've both had we've we've both had pretty big weekends to this point. Right. Um you you did a show on Friday night where you're on the same bill as Bill Burr and Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Uh uh yeah, a few other people too. Uh um Dindel Ray. Hitters, yeah, Ray Mac Maximini. Uh, mm-hmm. I ran in. I ran into Max last night, and he was telling me how much he liked that show, and uh, it was really, really cool. Yeah, very fun show, man. It was uh, sold out. It was uh, it was amazing, man. It was the whole top was filled, the bottom was filled. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. What what sort of build, what sort of building was it? Was it like a, a purpose built building, or was it? <laughs> so it's a church. What? Of all places, yes, it's it's a church, my friend. I, you I, didn't I stand up you. in a church? Did it have to be a clean set? No, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> it's outside. It's outside of the church. So it, I guess, and what you would call like the little courtyard, they have it set up, and they have like these um, cement seating where it looks like a like an old. Um, like the old park with the auditorium that had the cement uh, seating that yeah. goes round. And then when you get to the bottom, they had chairs laid out. And then the comics, they had the, the it all set up. So needless to say, the green room was in the church. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a very unique uh, experience, to say so, the least. So yeah. you, need to, you need to get a confession this week? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Miguel? <laughs> Let's just say I was really hot the whole time I was in there. I was, you know, I was sweating. I was like, uh, it was very weird here for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it was Max, a good show, man. Yeah, Max couldn't say good enough things about it last night. Last night I was at the Laugh Factory. We had our first night open in 13 months, 14 months. Yes, nice. Oh, mate. I tell you, it was only, we're only at 15% capacity right now. Right. Which is almost which was about 50 people, but still okay. it felt, it felt great just to have those doors open. I mean, I, bet. I just, I sat out there on sunset the whole night standing in front of the place. I only had to work for like 20 minutes. We only had 50 people <laughs> and basically just sat out there making sure everybody knew the life factory was open again. I'm yelling at the, I'm yelling at the tourist little, the tourist vans and the stuff like that. The guys are driving right. who always stop and say, this is where Michael Richards lost his shit. And I'm like, come on, man, it's 2007. Let it fucking go, man. (laughs) New stuff. (laughs) It's new stuff Mm. to talk about. And we don't care that Kramer called everybody the N-word in here. I'm like, all right, we're cool with that. I said, that's the end of it. It's been done. His career has been destroyed. Give me something else. Funny things have happened since. I keep trying to tell these guys. And they're like, nope, we only care about tragedy. Right, right. That was that was big, though, dude. That was, oh, was big. Huge. That was that was big, bro. You know, that was like uh, that's that's hard to come back the next night. Like, yo, you know, I was that was the first man to get canceled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and 
And you know what? The weird he's been canceled. He's staying oh, canceled. There's no coming yeah, back. No coming back from that at all. And... You know the weird the weird thing is like I, you can only imagine what he thought like on the ride home. Like I'll oh, I'll get him tomorrow. No, you know, no, like no, no one will see it. Yeah, there's, no. I didn't. There's that one guy with fine. a flip phone camera camera that got he it. He was just like that. It happened in the comedy club. I mean, there'll be some rumors, but it'll die down. I'll be back. <laughs> no, no, there's no coming back from that one, man. That one was bad. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, just Google. Just go to YouTube and type in Michael Richards, and that's what will come up. First thing. That should be the first it won't, thing. It, it won't be Kramer. It won't be Seinfeld. It'll be that. And, and he's been around since, like, the 70s, bro. Like, all <laughs> the things he's done, he, I mean, it just... He worked with Andy Kaufman. Everything he's ever done—that's that, the first thing that's gonna pop up. Yeah, that's 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 bad. That's, that's rough. So, mate, so you got to carry it. <laughs> so, what was your first comedy memory? What drove you into a career in comedy? Um, you know, I, I always liked comedy. I, I always was a big fan of comedy because you know I, I grew up in a rough household. And uh, as a little kid, I used to watch Saturday Night Live. And that was like my escape, you know, being up, watching late night skits. Um, and then Richard Pryor, uh, Eddie Murphy. As a kid, I used, to, I used to watch those. I actually had a friend who had old A-track tapes of Cheech and Chong that were his uncles. And he, and he still had the setup. And we used to put them in. And, and I, we used to listen to that bit over and over about them <laughs> in jail and they're cutting down weed plants and they start burning them and everyone gets high and and it was just stuff like that and i always thought comedians were the coolest people i literally always thought like man if you can make somebody laugh like that's that's the coolest you know as the kid but i but i didn't think and, and here's the situation I didn't think a guy like me could become a comedian. I didn't know how to become a comedian. I didn't know. I thought you had to go to like comedian college or you had to like, you know, you were, you were wheeled in or people brought you in. I didn't know how it worked. So growing up, I would just, I had always admired them. And then as I got older, I, uh, I had a way different life, rode motorcycles and I did a lot of stuff. And, you know, I wasn't always the nicest person in the world. And then, um, a really good friend named Mondo, he's a, a tattoo artist. You can actually look him up on Melamood's Tattoos. He's a great guy. He actually got me into comedy, invited me to go see a show, and he talked to the, the promoter behind my back without me not even knowing, and, and he asked him, hey, man, how does a guy become a comedian? And the guy said, well, are you interested? He said, no, it's for my buddy. He's really funny. And um, long story short, he told me about it. I told him he was crazy. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. You're stupid, bro. I'm not going to do that. No way. I had, I had my life set, bro. I used to ride Harleys. I was, yeah, that, that part of my life was like, yeah. But I told him, I'm not going to do that. You're, you're, you're crazy. For, so for three months, we argued every day because we worked together. <laughs> oh, you're this big, bad biker. and You can ride a motorcycle. And you, you, you got this and that. But you can't tell, go up on stage and tell jokes. And that's how he got me. And then... I oh, he dared, you, he dared you into it. He dared me into it, bro. And then, <laughs> actually, my comedy birthday is actually the day. Wow. Well, happy bloody comedy birthday, mate. Yeah, man. I got up uh, 
10 years ago today was was the first day I, I ever got up. 10 years you know, ago today, here's 2011. The thing. So 10 years ago, you first got up, and last night, and yeah. Friday night, you Friday night you opened for Bill Burr. Well, I've opened up for Bill Burr before. But still, technically, that's... technically, technically, Bill Burr opened up for me last night, or, <laughs> or, or Friday night. I'm just saying, <laughs> technically, if you want to look at it like in comedy, him and Daryl both. Both went on early? I went, I, I, they went on early. And so I went on after them. So technically, you can say they opened up for me. That's the thing. So. When you see those guys work all over town, you're like, they can't headline every show. They end up basically, no. going, they just turn up and go, oh, I'm going on now. And and, and, and the C parts. Yeah, everybody yeah, just parts. parts out of their way. Yeah, he just, and he was so good, dude. Burr was just like, <laughs> he was so, he did like a half an hour. And the man is cursed. I'm going to be honest with you because everything out of his mouth is funny. I mean, he just, he walked in. He was real quiet. He was real cool. I seen him get a, a, a bottle of water. He took a couple of sips. And then he, they said, okay. They introduced him. He walked around the little curtain, got in front, and just night and day. He just, Done. He just turned on and just, boom, the rocket was gone. I was like. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was it was it was really good. He had a great show. It, it was a fun night though. A, a lot. I mean, it's the um, the Jimmy Shin, uh, the Shindig. Oh, it's okay. the Jimmy Shin. Shindig. Yeah, yeah, the Shindig is what they call it. And uh, he puts on really good shows out there Friday night, yeah. man. Like they're yeah, Jimmy, really good. Jimmy kills, man. He does. He does some. Yeah, good Jimmy's stuff. a good guy. Yeah, Jimmy's a good guy, man. I like Jimmy. He's funny. He's so, a good guy. So, mate, what was the first lesson? you learned on a stand-up comedy stage? Wow. I've learned so many lessons on stage. What was the, what was the first one? <laughs> um, first one, don't run the light. How about that one? How, how bad did that <laughs> work out? Oh, my God. That was horrible. First time I ran the light was was bad, dude. I, I didn't run the light. I blew the light and just, you- like... You just kept on driving through the next fucking I just, suburb. I just, I just, I just drove to the next <laughs> town. I just floored it. Boom! Oh, just where, where was this? Where, where was this at? Um, it was in Orange County at a at a little club. Uh, you know, and I was just like learning. I was barely getting out there, barely getting my feet wet. You know, and I had a lot of. I always had stories, a, a right. lot like how your your stuff is. I have stories as I've lived. Right. Many different lives and had many different hats on. So I have a bunch of stories about a bunch of stuff. So the light came on and I didn't realize that was for me. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that someone's got a drink on already. I just, why would that guy be flashing? Why would that be? Why would he be signaling me? What's, what's, what's. <laughs> there's, there's uh, up, dude's up there doing this shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, they're like, he's dead. <laughs> you know, um, the worst one ever, the worst, <laughs> the worst one ever was at Hollywood Improv, bro. Oh shit! You ran uh, a lot. You ran a lot yeah. Oh yeah, and this was like so you're just a habitual fucking rule breaker at this point. No, bro. No, no, not necessarily. The first one, the, the okay. So the first one was at a little club, and then I got turned on to a booker who was doing shows at, at the at. At uh, Hollywood Improv, so you know, you know how it is. You're yeah. just trying to get time at that early age. You're trying to get time, so <laughs> so I go up 
And I was, and, and I, you know, and, and, and in all honesty, I used to drink and I used to get high before I would go up. And I was, I, I yeah. used to party. And now I'm sober. You, you, you know that I don't yeah. drink or anything anymore. Uh, maybe a beer, but nothing like I used to. So, right. um, I was, I was loaded. I was loaded. I'm not gonna lie. I was right. loaded. And it, <laughs> the light went on. Uh, music came on. Um, and then I was just like, I'm not gonna stop until I'm done with my story. <laughs> 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 and then uh, they were like pretty upset with me. Needless to say, they were very upset with me. And then uh, the booker was kind enough to be like, "Okay, he's young. He, you know, he's just started. He's a funny guy. He has potential. Like, you know, I'll talk to him." And then I had the big talk, like, "Look, bro, you, you, you know, you can't do that." And now that you know, and then like I, I started to understand how disrespectful it was. Yeah. To the people that are either behind you or, you know, like, if you're the headliner even, you right. know, and you're running the light, like, people want to get out of there, you know? Like, yeah, there's another other, show got coming. other shows to do, yeah. So I learned I learned a quick, valuable lesson, and then uh, I started doing casino shows, and you do not run the light at a casino. You do not. That would be <laughs> the last time you ever do a casino I, show. I, I actually did a casino show where the guy walked in the the – the manager yeah and he said i don't like comedy i don't think any of you are funny i don't <laughs> think anybody that comes here is funny uh we only do this because we get people to come in and then we get them to go out do you know why do you know why you guys are here and we, i was quiet and this guy said because you brought a crowd and that crowd's gonna go into my casino floor and they're gonna gamble so don't run the light not one minute not not 20 seconds and if you do you will never play any casino again wow i promise you so when i so we had a one minute light and when that light came on my last joke was my name is miguel rojas thank you good night everyone <laughs> i quit when that one minute light came on i don't care where i was in my joke when yeah. that one minute light came on they flashed it and i saw you know what guys my name is Miguel Rojas. I gotta go. You know I love you guys. Thank you so much. Good night. And that was it. That's Put the mic good. down and ran off. Like, cause I was not gonna be the guy who was not gonna do casino shows. You know what I mean? I was like, that, mm -mm. that's funny. No, sir. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, man. So I've watched your stand up. Um, you do push boundaries in your stand up. If you're, if someone's a new comic, how does someone find the edge? of material that audiences can handle? How do you skirt that edge and not go over the edge? And have you ever gone over the edge and gone, oh, fuck, I'm going to bring this back? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I've gone over the edge. Let, let me answer the first part. I've gone over the edge. Ooh, plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a habitual go over the edge. Uh, my whole stand-up used to be, I would make you love me, like you, and then I'd push you over the cliff. And then I'd be like, hate me go home and hate me but either way you're gonna remember my name um so i was doing a show uh i was at uh god where was it? ontario ontario improv and uh i i did my i did this first bit they they loved it i had them all on my side they loved it and then i did a joke about mass shooting about a mass shooter Ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It, in all fairness, it was funny. Um, <laughs> but, but there was a, uh, a mass shooting that had happened uh, like a few miles away from Ontario. Right. And apparently some of the people that were in that shooting oh my or God. family members of that shooting had were having to be at the at the show that night. And um you could feel the crowd when they turn on you. Because they go from <laughs> to It's just a stare at that point. Dead creepy silence. Like <laughs> And you know this shit's funny because you've done it in other places. So you know this shit's funny. And then you hit your mark and you're like. Actually, Seinfeld said something about it once. He said, it, it seems like the air changes weight. It, 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 it's definitely a creepy feeling. It goes through your spine and it goes all through you where you feel like, oh. And then the scary part is, this is the scary part for, right. for young comics that are, if you're listening. Here's the scary part. Don't get in your head. Because as soon as you get in your head, then you're not only do you have to battle to get them back, but you have to battle to get yourself back. Because then you start thinking, oh, man, like, why aren't they laughing? What did I do wrong? Oh, shit. How am I going to get them back? Okay, do this. Okay, say that. And then you start wondering, okay, I got to get them back. I got to get them back. And you start panicking in your head. And meanwhile, you're supposed to be talking and you're supposed to be hitting your marks and you're supposed to be doing your eyes and your face and your body language and you're supposed to be keeping it going. And it's, it's a very, very hard, uh, it's a very hard thing to overcome. And, but here, but I'll say this in fairness, anything is funny and everything should be funny and nothing should be taboo when you do stand-up comedy. And, I, and, and that goes for anything. As long as you make it funny, Right. As long as people are laughing, then, you know, I'm not outside of attacking someone and, and, and verbally going out there on the mic and purposely trying to get people upset. Like, if you do a joke that's quote-unquote taboo, if it's funny, then that's like our last, that's the last line of freedom of speech. Right. And if someone, if someone tries to ban comedy and tries to ban comics because you're quote-unquote doing material that's not friendly to them uh, that's that's bullshit you know what i mean yeah i mean i was but, it's, funny, it's funny i was talking to someone last night about how hard it is for if you're coming through as a comic and you've got some edging material that you haven't used before when the only way to test it effectively is in front of a real crowd so mm -hmm. you and when you're starting out those real crowd opportunities are a little bit spaced out they're hard right. so, so it almost feel you, you find yourself with a dilemma where i could do my old material that kills that's killed before and before again or you've got to jump out the window basically and go right i'm going to try this new stuff and gamble my forward progression on whether it works or not and that's yes that's something i'm finally getting to that point now where i can risk opportunities to try new stuff and now I'm getting that confidence now where I'm finally reaching that point, which is, I was trying to explain to someone last night. Well, here's the thing. Um, when you start, when you start trying things out and when you start getting, and once you start going and once you start figuring out your voice and how to do things, trying out material 
for me, it used to, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that hard right. because there was, okay, so there was this little rehab. There was a rehab center. I, I, I this is the best thing. It was about <laughs> six blocks from where I used to live. And it was called the 202 room. And, the, and then older comics will know what I'm talking about. It was called the 202 room. And the 202 room was a rehab center for ex-crackheads, junkies, the people that did meth, people that shot up. And, and Friday night, Saturday night, I think it was like Sunday night, they used to put comedy on for these people. <laughs> so I knew the guy that ran the show. I could go to that room and be like, hey, bro, I just want to try one joke. Can I just get like five minutes? And I would literally go in, try one joke. And if you can make former crackhead and meth addicts laugh, then you know, okay, then I, I can make these. Because those, those, that was a cold room, boy. Oh, yeah. They were, those guys were like, they would sit there. And if you didn't, if you weren't funny, they would literally, you want to go outside and smoke a cigarette? This dude's not funny, man. You want to, you want to, you got cigarette? I got, you, let's go smoke this dude's trash. And they, and you would be like, like, they would just do it right in front of you. And yeah. if you were funny and you could make them laugh, then they would sit there and tell other crackheads, like, shh, they, you know, because they wanted to be in it. Shh. Right. They wanted to hear you. But if you weren't funny, and I saw a lot of comics go thinking they could do their little and crackheads ain't having it. Former, <laughs> former, former uh, uh, addicts and people that shoot up heroin that don't shoot it up no more, and people that were shooting up in their neck—they just you got to have a certain kind of charisma yeah. to grab them. And if you and so I would, and this is what I did for years before the room closed, I would go write a new bit. I would go try it out. I would jump on my motorcycle, drive over there, test it out. If they laugh, jump back on my bike, go home. It was only like six blocks away. And then I would, and then I would keep writing. And then finally the guy caught on because he was like, you come here Friday and Saturday and you only do one joke. You never ask for a lot of time. You only ask for like five minutes. Are you working on your set extending it? And I was like, <laughs> What do you mean? You know what I mean? So I just was lucky enough that I had a spot like that. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, you have to decide early on. And here's the weird thing. Most comics that start off, uh, young comics always start off with trying to be edgy. Young comics always start off with, with vulgar. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of blowjob jokes and a lot of sex yeah. jokes. And, and they think they're being edgy. They think they're being uh, cutting of the edge, and it's and, and, and you're really not. You're just you don't you don't know how to how to look for material. You don't know right. how to write material. You don't know how to look within yourself. You don't realize how funny it is when you go to the supermarket and and let's say they're they're always out of your favorite ice cream, and you don't know how to right. turn that into a bit. So you go to sex and you go to things that you think is funny. I was there too. I'm guilty right. of it too because I started off, I didn't take comedy classes. Comedy classes teach you how to say, um, so my name is Anthony. I'm from like West Virginia. Oh my God, I escaped from there. Comedy classes teach you how to open up to audience. Right. The way I learned, I learned how to just, I had to grab your attention. 
So a lot of grabbing your attention was dirty blue right. comedy. But what it does is when you when you do that kind of comedy and then you try to take that bar comedy to clubs, it doesn't transfer. Right. Because because club comics look at you and they go, Oh, he's a bar comic. He's he's new. Because you don't know how to work a club environment. Right. And then and then you get put on the twelve o'clock show and you get put on the eleven thirty show <laughs> and you're on you're on at midnight and, and you're doing the down and dirty. You're doing the 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 late night show when everyone's drunk and they're right. cool with that kind of comedy. You're not doing the eight o'clock slot. You're right. not doing the ten o'clock. You're not you're not doing the show with Joe Rogan. You're not yeah. doing that show. You're not you're not on that show. And then you have to learn how to become a club comic. And once you learn how to become a club comic, then you have to learn to become a, a theater comic. Yeah. And small theaters that hold 5,000, 3,000, you have to learn yeah. because the laughs are different. It's a different, emotion, different emotional different. engagement. So, so yes. mate, um, coming up through the last 10 years, did you have any mentors that helped you out or did you have to go Han Solo on this? And how important are mentors? <laughs> I had one guy. Uh, I've, had a, I've had people give me advice. Um, had a lot of people give me good advice and uh, like George Perez, he's the guy that uh, he's at the store. George is, a, I love George Perez, man. He's uh, he gave me some good advice. He taught me how to jab and how to, and how to throw a good punch and jabbing like with your, with your standup, how to make them laugh, how to make them laugh. How, and then boom, how to get the big one in, how to make them laugh, how to make them laugh. Boom. Um, my mentor is a guy named Dave Nunez, who was kind enough to take me under his wing, and he was kind enough to um, to really help me. And and he he saw something in me. He he liked me, and he helped me out. Uh, another guy, like I said, was George Perez. Gave me some really good advice. And uh, but Dave was my guy. Dave's I, Dave Nunez is still my guy. Where. I call Dave and I'll run stuff by him or I'll say, Hey, what do you think of this? Or, you know, and it's really important yeah. um, for the most part. And here's the thing for the most part, I've been Han Solo yeah. because I don't run in clicks. I don't have a click. You, you can never say, Oh, Miguel runs with blah, blah, blah. And blue. Cause I don't, I, I've always been a, been a, a solo guy. Um, having Dave as a mentor does help because he taught me how to use the wall, the mic stand, the, the, the stool. He taught me how to use the floor. He taught me how to use all everything that was up there, how to make it a prop, how to make it funny, how to use it, how, how, to, how to maneuver around on stage. Um, but I've been, I, you know, and he is my mentor. He's, he's my guy. But for a lot of comics... Having a mentor is important. Having someone you can talk to, having someone you can run things off of, having someone you can bounce ideas off of is, is important. What happens to people, though, is this. People get into cliques, and they never get out of them. Right. And they end up staying in them, and they end up getting locked in. 
And what happens is, like, for example, I call it, I call it the taco circuit. And that's like the, all the Latin comics. They, right. I call them the taco circuit. There's a taco circuit. There's a black circuit. There's an Asian circuit. There's circuits. Right. The taco circuit, in, in particular, I can talk about because I know them. And they're the same guys. They put the same shows on with the same people. And, and, they, and there's about 11 of them that they interchange. Right. And this guy puts a show on and he'll put these three and then this guy will put a show on and he'll put those three plus another one and this guy will put those four. Right. And they play they play the but they're never gonna get better. No. They're never gonna get better. They're never gonna get better. You're never ever going to get better because a lot of those guys wanna be really big fishes and small ponds. And they yeah. don't have the courage to be a small fish and a giant ocean of sharks. I found that when because, I first, I found that when I first came out here is there are some people who are comfortable at being at the level they're at, and there are other people that that are trying to go higher than that. But everybody's on the same field, which it's very right. hard to figure out who's who in the zoo, and, mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this person's comfortable doing this for the next t- twenty years. That's all they want to do yes. is that level. And yeah, yes. you can you can find yourself stuck very yes. quickly if you touch the wrong people. And here's the funny thing. Those people don't think they're stuck. No, they're happy as hell. Those people don't think they're stuck. They're happy as hell. And, and you'll see those people work as and, far as like. And, those, and not, not, put, not putting those people down or anything like that. The, no, the, the, no, the, no. The scene is great for those people. Yes. And I'm not putting them down, but you'll see them do. They do a lot of bar shows. They do a lot of fundraisers. And then you'll see them in the big clubs and they'll have their own shows. But here's the problem. If you're only doing shows for Mexican people, Latinos, you're only right. doing shows for Latins, and you, then your comedy becomes dictated for that crowd. So the first time you get out of that comfort zone and you go do, like, quote-unquote, a white room, it's not going to transfer. Right. The first time you go into a black room, quote-unquote, a black room, it's not going to transfer. So making yourself universal, knowing how to go into any room. And that goes back to knowing how to read a room, knowing how to walk into a room and say, okay, uh, dirty stuff is working. Everyone's laughing at, at, at the blowjob jokes. I'm going to do my dirty stuff. And knowing you have a 10 minute dirty set, walking into a room and realizing, oh, wait, this room's really conservative. They're laughing at the kid friendly stuff. They're laughing at this. Okay, I'm going to do this set. Then that comes with age, knowing, okay, well, I could do this set because you have three different sets. You can walk into a room, and then at a certain level, you'll just walk in with your stuff because, you know, it doesn't matter if it's conservative and if it doesn't matter if it's dirty. I'm going to be able to do this because it's just funny. Right. But a lot of people get caught up in these groups, and they get locked in. And if you're the funniest guy in your group, you need to find another group because, (laughs) and I'm being honest, if you want to get good, right? if you want to get good, you have to keep challenging yourself. You you don't think, the first time I ever opened up for Bill Burr, you don't think I looked over and said, that's Bill Burr. 
Doesn't mean I was scared, but that motherfucker is great. I'm not gonna lie, he's yeah. great. But I I had the idea of like wanted to challenge myself. Not right. it's like the old Rocky movie. I'm not gonna knock out Apollo, but if I could go all 15, then yeah. I, then I then I won. And if I could just get through this without getting knocked out, then I, then it's a win for me. And that's the way I I always take it. Anyone like, I, 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 I do went, comedy with. I understand. I went up in front of a established comic for the first time uh, yeah. a week ago. And okay. I went on before him and, and someone said, are you worried about that? I said, no, I'm fucking adrenalized by it. I want to, yes. I want to raise my standard to, to now I want, I want to, I want to put my standard out there. I want to show myself off before this guy. Um, yes. And he came on and did a, did a great set anyway. And well, right. on, he was like, nice job, man. I'm like, no worries. Cool. Okay, cool. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. But let me say this. Let me just backtrack one second. If you've, but those guys that just run in those little circles and stay in those little circles never get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Those opening, opportunities. You're always opening always for your friend. The, always opening up for your friend. You're always, you're always on the show with, with a, a couple of buddies. And then here's the weird thing. You'll see, again, you'll see those guys all over. They'll be at Ha Ha's or at the Ice House because one guy got passed or right. one guy is the promoter that the, the club's allowing him to run the show there. And none of those people are passed. Right. None of them ever got passed. None of them got, but none of them are, are paid regulars. None of them, none right. of them got passed. So none of them can call the club themselves right. and without, without getting a show. They right. can call the club to say, hey, I'd like to, to, to get a room because I want to do a show. Right. And then they negotiate money and what have you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting an email from the Ice House that says, "Hey Miguel, are you available? Are you available Friday You're free. night? Yeah. Or you uh, call like I used to call Jen Smith, and I used to say, "Here's my here's my my here's schedule. My availability. Here's my availability." And I was always available for the Ice House because the Ice House is my home club. So yeah. that's the first club that ever passed me. So my my thing was, no matter where I was doing, there was I would always have the ice house was first. Right. You know what I mean? Because I just had that loyalty to Jen because he, he was nice enough that he passed me. Which, which brings me to my next question. What's your favorite room? <laughs> well, honest, honest and truthfully, um, I have a few ice house obviously was the favorite was my, my first club that ever passed me. And, and when I went to the ice, ice house is the oldest comedy club uh in LA so right. the first time I went to the ice house I was I was I was overwhelmed I was like ooh, and it's a small little club and I was like ooh, like oh wow and I would never go in the green room uh, I only got booked by other bookers so I always just stayed outside I smoked my little weed in the alley and I would go back and I would just like do my little set you know and I didn't, I didn't understand how to be a comedian. I didn't understand how to be a comic. I didn't understand how to make friends with staff and know people and introduce yourself, remembering names, knowing how to, you know. Then I got lucky enough that uh, I got seen on a show. Then Jen uh, asked me if I would do comedy time. I did comedy time. And then 
after that, Jen kind of walked up to me and was like, okay, here's my, here's my number. You start calling me for spots. And I didn't know what that meant. I had no <laughs> idea what that meant. I swear to you. I swear to you. I had no idea what that meant. He was like, here's my card. Um, you just start calling me with their availability, you know, start calling me for spots. And I was like, oh man, cool. Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And I walked away confused as fuck. I, oh. <laughs> when do I call? Is it three dice? Is it one dice? <laughs> when do I, um, what, what do I, I don't, I, okay. So I had to call my mentor and I was like, so Jen Smith gave me his card. <clears throat> and he was like, what do you mean? Jan Smith gave you his card. I was like, he gave me his card and he said, I could call for spots. And he was like, oh my God, dude, he passed you. He's going to, you're going to become a paid regular. You're like, you're going to make money when you go there now. They're going to, they're going to pay yeah. you. Yeah. He, he passed you. I was like, wait, what? He was like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, you want to go back passed, now and thank the know? guy properly. You're like, oh yeah. Yes. 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 So, uh, then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't, you know. Um, the, the store, I love the store. Love, love the store. I used, I went to the store uh, when all the – before it, they remodeled it. Right. When all the rooms still had the secret passages. Okay. Where you could – yeah, there – okay, so for people that don't know, in the belly room, you, there was a secret door, and you could okay. pop it. And then you could go down and it would lead you to back stairs and everything was connected. Uh, there was a secret door that would lead you to the, to the kitchen area and you could walk down the stairs and then walk across and then you could go through this door that would bring you around and then you could go up and then you could pop into another green room and everything was connected. I used to, I used to do shows up there. Now I, I, I never got passed by this, by the store. I never did the audition because I was always working, right. you know, keeping a regular job. And I, I never, I, I never did the audition, but there was plenty of nights where I got booked there and I would stay and we would sit behind the store yeah, uh, behind on the side of the parking lot. There used to be these like high school benches, like uh, park benches. Right. And we used to just sit out there and smoke weed and we, we would drink <laughs> and we would like stay out there to like, 4 30 in the morning you know a bunch of comics and sometimes it'd be five in the morning and the store would be closed the the strip would be like shut down and we'd have to go get it's, our car it's, it's and, that beautiful silence that time of the morning man i love it and it and it's just it, it was there was just something about smoking weed in the back of the store and you're drinking like a warm beer you know and it makes <laughs> you feel like you did a set like eight hours ago you know but you feel like <laughs> You just feel like you're doing something. You feel like, oh man, I'm fucking, I'm doing it, you know. Right. Um, the improvs are always cool. Brea's been really nice to me. They've always been really nice to me. Uh, improvs, I love the improvs. You know what place I've never done in ten What's years? That? Laugh Factory in never. Hollywood. Never. I've I've done the Long Beach one, and Long Beach told me they said you should go do the audition. Long Beach liked me. Yeah. And Long Beach was like, dude, uh, you should go let Jamie see you. Um, they're like, you're you're good, bro. Jamie will like you. And I was right. like, oh. And um, I was always worried. I, I did an audition for a show um, that 
that the audition was at the Laugh Factory. Right. And that was the only one and only time I ever got on stage there. But I was always, I, 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 I was always afraid, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'd rather be, I'd rather be five minutes late right. than one minute early. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I spoke to my boss last night, and now I've let him know. I'm like, by the way, if anybody's ever late, your doorman's got a pretty tight seven now. I said, I, yeah. thought, I, I thought I did a year ago, but I was full of shit. When I said it Thank a year you. ago, now, yes. now I think I've got my shit together to a point where I could pull it off. But the right. confidence I had a year ago was false. Looking back on the material I was doing a year ago, I was like, no. I thought I was. Yes. And that may have been, I may have been the victim a year ago of over-supportive open mics. You know when you get an over-supportive open mic that makes you walk out mm -hmm. thinking you're fucking, thinking you've just like crushed. You got something. Oh yeah. yeah, and then you go to a then you go to a room full of people who don't fucking like you, and you suddenly find out. Oh, okay. Well, I got a, I got I got a raised eyebrow from eight people. One person raised an eyebrow. I'm like, okay, so that was all right. It wasn't it wasn't a Chappelle set, which is what you thought you just did because eight people were pissed yeah. themselves. And I right. found that coming back to open mic rooms now, there are some supportive rooms I like, but then eventually you got to go and take that shit to test material out or for, for an up and coming comic, you've got to go to rooms where nobody knows who the fuck you are to see if the, what you're doing is actually funny or not. Yeah. You know what I used to do? Like I told you about testing, but I used to, I used to do a lot of shows at the ice house. And a lot of times I would take, I would take new material to the ice house constantly. And my trick with the ice house was, you know, for a long time, I had friends there and they would go like, are you going to do this one? And I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do something new. And they were always like, wow. Like, you know, like, and you're doing new material, not knowing that like I tested at every rat hole, little bar, little right. club, little thing I could test it. But in essence, it was still new because I took it to a big club. Right. Uh, false, false, false hope. False, false courage, <laughs> that 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 sense of, of man, I got this. I see it so much. I see comics that have been doing this their fourth show, and they swear to God that they can hang with Chappelle. You know what I mean? Like, I've only been doing this four times. You hear those laughs? And I'm like, yeah, 30 <laughs> of those people are your friends and, and your relatives. So, you know, but okay, handle it. Yeah, sure, you know. Um, so <laughs> bring, on, I, I, bring, on, I try, bring on the crushing despair at the next show. I, I I try to tell I try to tell comics. It's better to be five minutes late than a minute early because and and a lot of them they don't hear yeah. it um, because they're like teenagers. I have a teenager; she doesn't hear what I tell her. Uh, it's just normal, and it's like growing up in, in comedy. Right. It's the same thing. You're not going to hear it because you think you're funny because you did some shitty shows with some shitty comics and you might have been just a little bit better than the other shitty comics that were there and they laughed at you and now you got this false sense of look at me with your chest all pumped out and then you're going to run into somebody who's been doing this stuff for like eight, nine solid years that have been on the road <laughs> that have opened up for big people and then you're going to realize, oh, or you're going to take your little shitty act and go try to get past somewhere 
And the guy that's in the bag or the girl that's in the bag is just going to go like this. Next. And put your name down, <laughs> put your name down and write not funny yet. And that's yeah, I, your I, first, I that's your first impression. I remember the first bit of advice I got from Rita down at the down the improv. I was like, I oh, thought yeah. I had my, I thought I had my shit right. I told a joke, was, bits of it were funny. People were laughing, and I'm like, yeah, come on stage. And I did, I, and I didn't get named uh, for the people who were going to get lab work. And I thought I fucking crushed that. I, I, I thought I did really well. I got up there, and she says, yeah. to me, she says to me, first thing she says to me is, "Do you know what editing is?" And I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, I was like, no. Woo. And she goes, well, it's a long story. Kind of like the one you told. And I'm like, radio. Okay. Now I understand. Yeah. Okay. So I got to fucking yeah. cut my shit up a little bit. And she's and, like, and that's, yeah. I learned a lot well, see, right there. Yeah. See, that's, the, and that's great advice. You know, Rita, Rita sits in the back and she watches. And before this whole pandemic, um, I had started going because I wanted to get passed by, by uh, the, the improv. So uh, Rita sits back there and she watches. And, and it's so first impressions just in life are so important because I watch her and I purposely used to sit and she sits in the back. I would purposely right. go early to get that table like it was her table, two tables, and then my table. And I would do this. The comics run, and I would, because I want to see what she's typing. I want to see how fast she's typing. Yeah. I want to see if other comics are talking to her. I want to see if she talks to other comics. And I'm watching to hear what they're they're doing on stage to see what her reaction is over here. Because there was times where where she would be like someone would be on, and she would go do 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 oh hi hi how are you? He's not even watching. Oh yeah, she's done. And yeah, she's done. She saw what she needed to. And I'm like, okay. And I'm in the back going, okay, so that didn't work. You know what I mean? That didn't work. There's a place, there's a a seat at the laugh factory. There's one chair at the laugh factory upstairs where you could sit and it's almost side on to the stage and you can see the comedian's face and you can see everybody in the crowd's face looking at the comedian. That's a fantastic perspective to watch comedy because you see what lands and you see reactions from people when it doesn't and you see when they get pissed. Right. And I used to, when I'm on my off days at the Laugh Factory, I would sit up there and this, it's, and the best thing is it's right underneath an air conditioning vent. Oh, even I mean, better. I mean, directly, I mean, like blizzard temperatures underneath this fucking thing. So no one wants nice. to sit there except me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll sit there all day. And just right, right. And see how, and oh. the best thing is, is you get to see how comedians react because because the Laugh Factory, the lights set up on stage there, you can see the crowd. It's not like some places where the lights are so blinding that you can't yes. see the faces. At the Laugh Factory, right. you can see people's faces. At least that first 15, 20 rows. So you know when you fuck up or when you hit something that lands and you watch comics kick into another, when they, when they kill a little bit and then they just go for the juggler and, juggler and just keep right. going and going and going or they hold it back and pull it back in a different direction. Um, right. that's, that's really cool to watch. So what's the worst gig you've ever been to? The worst gig? The worst, what's the worst gig you've ever had? What's your worst experience on stage? Oh, man. I've had a few. Um, no, I, no, come on. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few. Um, 
Wow. Okay, so I was at the I was at one that pops out of out of my head right away. Um, I'll tell you two stories. All right. This one and this one's a younger story, and this one's a later story. So I'm at the comedy. Uh, where are the floor am I? The Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. And I'm doing two shows. I'm doing the early show and I'm doing the late show. I'm on both. So uh, the power goes out. <laughs> There's no power in the club. No power in the club. And and it's hot. And it's oh. early. And it's like one of those like uh, daylight saving time where it's like uh, 7 o'clock and it looks like it's 4 o'clock mid-afternoon outside. The sun's out and then Doing uh-huh. comedy with the sun out is not really a good a good thing. Um, <laughs> they can't really serve anybody alcohol because they can't run the cards. Right. So they're going around asking people really loud, are you going to pay cash? Because all they have <laughs> is cash. <laughs> the machines are out. And the crowd there that particular day, the early show, was Senior Citizen Day. <laughs> they they look like they literally went out, got all the seniors in Ventura, and they will. There was a lady with they're, they're oxygen. Like, Hello? <laughs> there was a lady there sitting in the front row, and she was in a wheelchair. God bless her soul, and she had oxygen in her nose, and she was frail, and she was and she looked like she was falling asleep. She was shaking. And I kept thinking, who brought her? Like, like I didn't want to be mean, you know. And then, and then I look out, and it's all seniors. I'm talking the whole. It was thing. a fucking busload of them. It was a busload, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> and and they all want to pay with credit card, and they're all talking. Well, I need to drink some water. Can I get free water? And you're like, Comedy oh, clubs like this is- no, you cannot have free water. There's nothing free I'm in here. Like, God damn it! There's nothing free. I'm like, oh my lord, oh wow. So I go up, and uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as good uh, as I am now. And that's not saying a lot. That's just saying that I, I, I was, I hadn't, I hadn't had as many years in as many reputation. You know, I didn't have the pol- and- didn't have the polish on it. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot of polish on it. My stuff was more tailored for, you've been drinking and it's the late show. I'm going to get you. You know what I mean? But I'm trying to get onto the early shows because I'm going to tell comics, if you're listening, listen, be careful because you can get locked into the late show. First impressions, they think you're dirty. You're going to stay dirty for a long time. And it takes a long time to come out of that dirtiness. So So here I am trying to. You got a bunch of old people who are just hoping you're the electrician at this point. <laughs> yes, because I'm Mexican. They're like, he can fix it. Can't you give them an estimate? You're Mexican. You're we know you're Mexican. We can see it on you. You know, mm. Dodger hat, tattooed. You can do this. Turn it on, Julio. Get it going for us. You know. By the way, I'm the I'm the I'm the comic, not the electrician here. <laughs> yeah. Um I go on and I got um maybe a couple of laps and I didn't want to be mean, but the, the room was very dead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was close to death. Like like you could tell 
the Grim Reaper was in the back. You know what I mean? He was just waiting on a couple of them. Uh, that was a hard show. That was that was a hard that was a hard show. But I had a I had a bad um I, I had a I had a bad attitude when I did what? comedy when when I first started. I I really did. I am I'm you know I'm just gonna be honest with people. I drank, I smoked, and I had a bit of an attitude. And I I I I made a lot of people um not like me. Well, I, you know, I found, I found people... we're both we're both big guys, and I found yeah. that out. I found that out when I used to do my former job. I mean, I was switched on when I was at work, doing some of the work I was doing. I was very zeroed in, and I stayed in character. We call it character. I stayed in character for the entire shift. Pretty, right. pretty, pretty aggressive, pretty straight to the point. And then when I finished at the end of the night, then I take my take my tie off and go back to being normal me but then i realized someone right. came up to me when it was a girl come up to me, she goes do you have any idea how unapproachable you are in a social situation yes and then i realized oh shit i've created this persona that continues across and yeah and you're like shit i gotta change this now i gotta i gotta be more approachable yeah and and my my a lot of my problem was that i was i, I okay so i come from a family and everyone in my family has been to prison. Everyone in my family has been to prison. The women in my family have been to prison. They're not prison guards, are they? No, 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 no. I was just checking, man. No, no, they don't work there. They live there. <laughs> it's, it's, they live there. And um, so I came from this hard exterior. Big. I'm a big guy, and I came from this very hard exterior uh, you know, fight first, you know, throw the punches first. Don't ask questions. You can ask questions later. Don't worry, my we'll, dad we'll was, a, my dad was out. a cop and he, my dad was a cop and he had the same advice, mate. Hit him back first. So don't worry. That, yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Hit him first. Don't, and then you can figure out the bullshit later. So, um, when I started doing comedy, it was really hard for me to transition into learning how to be liked because I always had an attitude where um, I thought if you're funny, they're, they're supposed to put you up. Not knowing all the games that get played behind the scenes, and and there is tons of games that hey, get played behind the scenes. You can't be a dick. That's essentially you can't it. be a you can't be a dick. But not unless even, you're not amazing, even, unless you're amazing, unless, then you can be a dick. Unless you're unless you're truly amazing. But not only that. It, it falls into, you ever, you ever, you ever, let me, let me fix this real fast. You ever yeah. see those guys that you go, how come he uh, always gets those shows? And you're like, how come, all right, there we go. There we go. You're like, how come he's on, how come he's on all those shows? How come he always gets those shows? Well, that guy does, does a lot of shit. He, yeah. he either, either he works for the club. Or he's running to promote the club. He's passing out flyers. Yeah. He's going. Uh, he he's you know bar backing. He he does a lot of stuff that helps out the club. That eventually they're like, okay, let's give him some time. Let's put him up. Um, he's super nice. He's friendly. He's approachable. He's talkable. Uh, the 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 club owner likes him. If it's a smaller club and they don't really have a passing system, the club owner likes him. Um, he's willing to hustle. He's willing to do things. So in return, he gets put on shows. Right. Um, and and the other thing is, you know, I used to think, oh, you just have to be funny. 
No, it's more than that. No, it's way more than just being funny. Way more than just being funny. I'm convinced that, that at least 50 to 60% of this business is networking at this point. Oh, it's, it's I would say, honestly, it's about 90%. Honestly, yeah, networking is... It's it scared the shit out of me when I first got when I first got here. I re- I was in a room with a guy who's a very funny guy, and I asked him. I said, yeah. "How long?" It was just a workout room, just a just an open mic workout room. And I said, "How long have you been doing comedy?" And he's like, 15 years." And I'm like, "That terrified the fuck out of me." I'm sitting there going, yeah. "Why am I? I've been doing this shit two weeks. Why am I in the same room as in the same room as you right now?" Yeah. How is that? How is that possible? And I asked him, I said, what's your social media? And he says, don't do it. Don't believe in it. And I'm like, ah, now I understand. Okay. Right. There's no hustle. And yeah. I'm like, this social, is why. Yeah. Yeah. Social. Okay. So I had this talk with this comic and he's pretty established. He's a good comic. He's road comic travels. Uh, and it's really funny because him and I, we go out for the same parts when we audition. And we always, like, we call each other or we'll run into each other. And I'll be like, did they call you for this? And he'll be like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So they're looking for, like, the fat, funny guy. Okay, I know what they're looking for. <laughs> um, so we'll go. We actually we actually did a pilot for a, for a TV show. And he was on it and I was on it. But we shot it on different days so we didn't right. see each other. But later on we found out, oh, shit, you did that one too? Oh, nice. Um, so, so. So here it is. Um, social media is such, uh, it's false, it, it's misleading, but it's also helpful. Yes. Um, it, it definitely can help you. Um, your numbers, they do look at your social media. People do look at your posts. They do look at the numbers on, on your views. Um, so that is a big thing. Um, uh, being able to, being able to cross into that market and and be out there, that's a big thing, but ultimately it boils down to none of it really matters. None of it really matters. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know. And, and, and here's the situation. You have to be funny. That's first and foremost. You have to be funny. Secondly, it does not matter that you put out a video and you could get just for, let's just say, 5,000 views. Right. Woo! That's great. But you can only bring three people to the show. Right. Exactly right. So at the, some where, point... Where's the disconnect? At some point, there has to be some kind of wait a minute and a lot of clubs if they just like you you can get booked i know comics that aren't very funny but but the the owner likes them and they're on all the shows and you literally go not to be a jerk how the fuck is that person on there (laughs) it's 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 it's, at best it's 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 not funny it's okay um it's cliche it's hacky it's like wonka wonka, and yet they're hosting the early show and the late show, right? And you're like, wow. But then when you go to the to the floor, and you're you go into like the the you know on a, you're away from the showroom, you go outside to the bar, you see the owner, 
and you see that person like just like just coming it up wedged just wedged <laughs> wedged in there just just wedged just can taste the water before she puts it to her lips or right or you know the, 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 before he gets it to his lips the other person can taste it wedged in there you know and that's part of the game well it sucks but it's part of the game well my you're um where where do you get your material from? Are you are you like a a life experience guy, or do you write your stuff more from scratch? I got a feeling I know where you go. Yeah, I am. Um, a life experience guy, you know. I, I I I definitely, but I I write. So when I first started, I only knew how to write my life, and just right. you know because I thought I had funny stories. Um, so I do write out of life. Um, but as I got into it more, I started learning how to be a writer. And then I started learning how to write and, and mix, embellish some of the stories that have happened in my life to make them a little more funnier. We have and a saying, we have I, a saying, we have a saying in Australia, mate, never let the truth get in the way of a good yarn. There you go. See, and we, we call it putting sauce on the tacos. More sauce on the tacos. My dad calls tacos tacos, so it doesn't sound yeah. as tough when you're putting sauce on your taco, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, I never tell my secret because I, I always keep it to myself, but I've had people come up to me and go, I know that bar. I know that bar. And those, I know those guys hang out there. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, man, because I used to tell this bar joke, fight joke thing. Right. And they were like, I know that bar. I know that place. And I'm like, I've never been to that fucking bar in my life. <laughs> I actually walked by it one time when I was at the beach. And I happened to look in, and I saw all these roughneck-looking, you know, white boy surfers. And I was like, that's funny and went home and wrote a whole thing about it yeah. and then but but i never told people i just <laughs> let it. and nobody knows that joke per se dude, you'll you know, love this but i just uh, for know. two years i stood in front of one nightclub in houston with a radio mic in my ear and no radio yeah. connected to the microphone it was just sitting in my pocket <laughs> And I'm sitting there and people will be like, listen, man, I've got reservation. I want to buy something right now. I want to buy a table. Let me in the club. and Let me check with the boss, mate. Yeah. This yeah. Here. Really? Oh, come on. They look like nice people. Yeah. No? Oh, okay. And yeah. you'll be like, right here, I'll check with the boss, man. I'm sorry. He says he's got no room. I'm trying to help you out. And the person's like, oh, you're such a sweet guy. Don't worry. And off they go, man. I did that, lied like I lied every night for five hours a night for two yeah. years. Yeah. And I think that so, helps because that's going to enable me to make up shit like that as well. You're just like, right, yeah, I've got no problem fabricating. I'm comfortable with my own bullshit. Yeah. And you, that's the thing. See, there's a lot of, there's stuff that I write too that just frustrates me. Shit that I write that just frustrates me because I'm one of those guys that like I yell at the TV. I I and my daughter goes they they can't hear you. <laughs> they can't hear you, Dad. They can't hear you. But I I I just little it's stupid shit that that triggers me. You know, like I like right. to, like okay for example, 
the the Raiders, the, the NFL draft was just a couple of days ago. And the Raiders took an offensive lineman in the first draft, the first pick. It was uh, they had a number seventeen pick, and they took an offensive lineman. We lost, we lost eight games last year, five of them because the defense gave it up, and you take <laughs> an offensive player. Like I, that's me, dude. Are you what? What are you serious right now? And my daughter goes, they can't hear you. They they can't hear you, Dad. So a lot of my comedy, a lot of it. It's just from anger that's inside right. that, that, that I just – things that piss me off. Like I, I have a bit about driving. I can't stand driving. Anyone that ever gets in the car with me, you're going to go, oh, wow, don't let him drive because I can't stand it. And I wrote a whole bit about it. Um, there's just things that piss me off. There's, there's, and, and as you get older in comedy and as you grow, your writing grows and you learn to input more of yourself because more of yourself and, and personalizing it to you is, comes out funnier. Right. Because a lot of people make mistakes when they start off in comedy. They make mistakes by thinking this is funny and trying to write a joke. Right. And they try to write a joke. And what I mean by try to write a joke is they're trying to make the water bottle funny instead of looking at the fact that their cat threw up in their shoe and then they put their <laughs> foot in it and then their toes got smushed in with cat throw up and then they are hopping around on one foot. See, that's, that oh, really yeah. happened to you. Write that because Tragedies. make that funny. Make that funny and make it funny that your cat stood on your bed and turned its head and looked at you. Make that's the, that funny. That's the best thing. Anything you know? like that, I've realized from the, the stuff I've been doing, because it actually happened, you never, it never feels like you're reading a script because the, it may sound differently every time you tell it, but the, but right. the same framework is still there. And that's why I like, I, like, I like telling jokes about experiences because I know I'll never forget the core of the material. Um, right. But, here's, but here's the, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to yeah. say, let me just say this. Uh, uh, here's the thing. You will grow as a writer and you will learn how to take situations like uh, current events or um, uh, uh, the Kardashians or their shows expiring, their, their shows over or, or, there was this happened in the news or you saw this or, or something pissed you off about some stupid Cialis commercial or you were watching some beer commercial in it. And, and as you grow, you, you, you'll know how to write that out and you'll know how to get this, your inner feelings and your thoughts into that joke. But in the beginning, a lot of people don't know how to how to how to get that out and it just it takes time you know it's it, it takes time so i always say using your your what's around you you know when i started comedy my daughter was six and now she's 16 and i used to do a lot of jokes about her about just right. kid shit things that she did things that she told me things that she said and they were funny because it was life it was real and and of course you write and you embellish and you and you maybe you inflate some things to make it funnier, but that's the core. 
and, and a lot of a lot of comedians they try to write oh my boyfriend broke up with me i i i don't want to be a dick god and i know this is going to sound like a dick but i can't tell you how many times i go to clubs and i just i'm so sick of hearing comics hey there's so much traffic here how do you guys deal with it <laughs> oh shut up um so my boyfriend broke up with me, you guys, and now I'm on Bimbo and I'm on Dumbo and and Lala and Lulu and I can't, you know what, guys? I can't find a date. I can't find a good guy. Oh my God! Shut. Really? You can walk out <laughs> here right now. You got 13 comics in the back that would date you in a minute. Are you kidding right. me? You, 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 you're you're hot. And I'm not talking about hot for a comic. Right. You're hot just in general, right? And, and you're and you're up there playing the, you guys. But you know, hey, fuck it. If it works for you, run with it. <laughs> you know, like, you know. But it's the same thing. It's not just that. It's it's, it's other comics too. I'll, I'll hear, I hear the hacky shit. I can't stand it, bro. What? How long have you guys been married? How long have you guys been married? Oh, we've been married fifteen years. Oh, fifteen years. Give it up for them. You know, you could have killed her and been out of prison by now. <laughs> Give me the gun, bro. Give me the gun. Give me the so, gun. And just... So here's a question, mate. What's the weirdest thing you've seen on stage? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's the weirdest thing I've seen on stage? The weirdest thing I've seen on stage. I was doing a show and they brought out a music act in between the comics. What, like a guitar and comic? That, no. Like, oh, like, a guy a full was, like a full band. Like, like a guy that came out and started rapping. <laughs> I was like, why? Why would you do that? And it was, it was, uh, it was that Brea improv. And I was doing this show, and this was like, God, it had to be like seven years ago. And uh, it was like three comics, and they brought this guy out that was like singing and rapping in between. And then he went off, then the host went back up, and then the comic had to go after. And it was like, okay, so we built all this momentum. As You know what it is, a comic, right. you, you're, each comic is supposed to push it further up. Right. So... You know, so when the headliner gets there, he just walks on and bang. Right. And now all of that's been gone. <gasps> and it had to be <laughs> rebuilt. Um, I saw I saw a girl who was trying to do she was at the open mic and and it was that God, I I, I she was trying to do comedy. But she kept talking about how she was molested by her oh, mom, by her her mom's boyfriend, and how she got into a car accident and her spine was fused together, and she had brain trauma, and Jesus because her friend, and I was I was sitting you're like you like the is room. there a GoFundMe at the end of this set? <laughs> I was, I was in the back. Can we get her some help? Somebody, I hope. I'll put in a hundred. Just can we pass a hat around? Like, oh my god! It just uh, uh, that was that was that was weird. Um, 
the weird, the other thing was, <laughs> I got a private show, and they paid me, uh, they paid me like five hundred bucks to go do fifteen minutes, and I was like, dude, I'll do it. Five hundred bucks for fifteen? You got it. No worries. You got it. And I get there, and um, it's at this little club. I walk in, and it was like two thousand. It was like two thousand. I want to say two thousand fourteen. Right. And it was it was for a class of nineteen eighty one. Oh, is this a high school reunion. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And I walked in, and and they were playing like this old like eighties like music, early early eighties. You're getting some fucking seventies, dude. It's like seventies, like early eighties. It was like class of eighty one or class of eighty three, you know, some shit like that. Right. And I was like, I was like, oh wow, like, like wow, and 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 it was the weirdest. (laughs) <laughs> fucking thing I ever had to do because I was looking at these people and I kept thinking to myself why would you go to your high school it's 2014 you graduated in 1981 you haven't moved on from high school like uh, uh, that was awkward because the guy you can, you that was can supposed play, to enter you can blame Facebook for that shit because before oh, Facebook, my, yeah. no one gave a fuck about anybody you went to high school with. Yeah. Oh, I also blame my manager. He got me the job. <laughs> but but um, the coolest thing about this story was the guy that went up before I went up was like, was like, hey, guys, it's great to see everyone. Class of 1981. Woo! Right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yay. And he's like, um, it's so good to see everyone. And, and you know, Trisha, yeah, I, I saw on Facebook you had your hip replacement. It's good to see you walking around. And I'm like, what the? This guy knows really? everybody. Like, he's the guy, dude, because he was, he was like the, the class, he graduated with them. Oh, and he was shit. the guy that put it on, dude. So he's up there thinking he's doing some time for me. You know what I mean? He, he's thinking he's doing some time. And then he pulls out a list and he goes, I'd like to mention the names of the classmates oh, that we no! lost. You've got to follow the Emporium? Oh. Fuck. Oh. And I'm sitting in the back, bro. I'm in the back and I'm looking at my manager and I'm like, <laughs> 500, they already paid us, bro. They already gave us the money. Like, as soon as we walked in, they gave us an envelope. And he's like, 500, bro. You just got to get through 15 minutes. It's not that hard. You just got to get through 15 what minutes. You and I was, go, What's up, 81? Sorry about those folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I was, I was like, I mean, how do you go into your routine? How do you go into your, your act? When he just gave a, a memorial for the fallen classmates of 1981, and and then he says, uh, you know, and and uh, 
you know, it's so good to see Jim here. Uh, Jim's just got diagnosed with um, with uh, pancreatic cancer, and <laughs> it's good to see him that he came out. Jim, we love you, and you have all our support. And, it's... and I'm in the back, bro, getting ready to come out and entertain these people. You know what I mean? That Hoffman just that, cried. <laughs> that in itself was like, wow, is he really? And I and I was just like, "Fuck me, bro! Is he really giving a memorial before? Like, there's just certain things you shouldn't do. I, I have this bit I'm working on <laughs> about don't invite a comic to a funeral. Don't because I this I, is I, why this is why, bro. Because my brother-in-law passed recently. He had coronavirus and he passed. Oh, and. Sorry uh, about that. Now you're no, do, okay. doing it to me. No, no, no. Wait, listen. Here's the funny thing. I, it's going to be funny. So I'm at his funeral, and, my, and, and they go, does anybody want to get up and say anything? You know? And then everyone turns around and looks at me because, you know, they know I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. So I'm just supposed to be able to deliver a fucking eulogy, you know, because I talk all the time. So this should be nothing for me to knock it out, you know? And uh, I look back, and I go, opening act i'm past that stage in my career i'm more like a feature or a headliner you're gonna have to get a couple of openers for me you know so uh it, it, it's just such a weird thing when people know you're a comic and they th you know they like you know i've done a little acting right. and uh in situations like that they look at me to talk like it's a funeral go up there and say something nice. I'm like, um, okay, you know. And I, I got up there and I did a little crowd work, you know. <laughs> I did a little. You were telling dick jokes. You were telling dick jokes yesterday. What am I gonna do now? I, I actually, you know. And the funny thing is, my brother-in-law was a really cool dude, man. And I said at the end of, and there was a preacher guy. I'm not very religious. I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't know what he was. The, the pastor, priest, deliverer of the Bible. I don't know. So. <laughs> I ended it with, uh, there is a heaven and, you know, you know, far be it for me to say, I hope there is, you know, but if there is, I know Hyman's sitting up there and I know he's got three bad bitches around him. He's got titties in his face. He's got a big booty on his lap and he's got one rubbing on him and one sucking his toes. And when my sister gets there, he's going to look at her and go, Lola, I don't even know these bitches. I don't know none of them. <laughs> Because that's who he was in real life. And then everyone was laughing. And uh, I guess the, the preacher guy got like, a little upset with me for, oh. for saying I didn't believe in God. You know, I said, I, don't, I personally don't believe. But it's okay if you do. I yeah. just said, if there's a heaven, and I hope there's a heaven for everyone. But I know his heaven is going to be like that because that's who he was. I mean, I knew him for over 25 years i knew that motherfucker inside and out he loved going to strip clubs so i know he's got some titties in his face you know what i mean if there is a heaven that's hilarious man that's fantastic so miguel where can people see your comedy at man where's the best place to catch some miguel rojas's funny oh, shit man. you know what follow me on instagram uh, uh, uh the real miguel rojas i post shows there right um I, I, I'm like, this whole pandemic fucked me up, bro. I was doing acting. I was, 
I, I, I had well, a, a good part that I was supposed to do. And then I got fat and uh, I, I didn't do anything for a year. I gained, right. I lost a hundred pounds and I turned around and gained it all, bro. Yeah, I did the same thing. Don't so, worry. Watch his movie, yeah. Locating Silver Lake. There's a poster behind you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, let me show the people. Here's a, here's a picture of me fat. And <laughs> there's the Locating Silver Lake. Can you see that one? Oh, there's the Locating Silver Lake. And then there's my two cats. I'm a cat well, dad. A lot of people don't know that about me. Well, cool, I'm mate. Now, I, got, I, got, I got one more question for you, mate. Of course, man. Sure. Anything, bro. When we, when we put to every comic who comes on here, okay? If you, okay. Could, if you could go back in time uh -huh. to the first time you got on stage and give okay. yourself some advice about stand-up comedy, what would it be? Don't do... Uh, <laughs> if I can go back in time, give myself some advice. Um, okay. I've lost I, your video. Think, there you wait, go. wait, wait. There I am. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I, I would probably tell myself not to be so dirty because I started off really dirty and, and, and I would, I would warn myself about, about friendships and making friends because the hardest thing in this business is again, first impressions. And I used to be the kind of guy that would like drink, get high. And I thought I was like some kind of weird thing where it was, I didn't know I was doing it to myself, but I didn't realize how mad I was affecting other people around me. Right. And a lot of people didn't like me. A lot of people didn't like me. A lot of people still don't like me because they remember me as being the old me. And they right. never realized they, they and, and over time now they're starting to realize that he's sober, he's changed. He's a really, he's a nice guy. He's allowing people to come in because I, it, I used to always keep a, 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 a shield up and I wouldn't allow anybody in. And now I'm just more friendly and I'm more, and I'm more trying to give advice and help other comics if they're willing to listen because it's a hard road, you know? And I started off, I came from a place where nobody, I wasn't supposed to do this. Right. And, I, and I've been able to do comedy. I've been able to be on a billboard. I've been able to, to play with some big names. I've been able to open up for some big people. I don't want to name drop, but I've been right. blessed enough to do that. I've been blessed enough to become a SAG actor, do movies, do television, and everything. And I want people to understand this. Comedy allowed me to do that. Comedy allowed me to do a movie with a guy that was in Too Fast, Too Furious. Open Comedy the, open the allowed, opened all of that. And it, and it also opened up who who I was and it allowed me to finally let me be me comedy allowed that because prior to I was so sheltered and closed and, and shielded in and I wouldn't let people in I wouldn't let girls in relationships friends nobody if you knew me it took a long time and now comedy has been one of those things that has been a life changer it's been it's been a, a blessing because it's allowed these things to happen I, a guy like me could go to Fox studio and walk around the studio, eat lunch, get paid to, to try on clothes. And then I did a, a TV show for Fox. Right. Um, that was, no one thought that, you know, I, I have a movie on Amazon. I have a movie. On, it, it's on Amazon, Hulu, Redbox, right. uh, this and that's in 35 countries. Nobody in my family would thought I could do that, but comedy allowed me to really tap into my inner and let it out.
So if you just stick to yourself and, and make a plan for yourself, comedy will take you there. That's kind of what I'm trying to be trying to do myself, man. That's very inspirational. Thanks. Thanks for that bit of advice, mate. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's definitely. Definitely a bit of a reinvention phase myself. Mate, yeah. Miguel, thank you for coming by the verbal gym today, mate. This has been an oh, awesome it, an awesome chat we've had today. Uh, folks, make sure you check out that, that social media at the real Miguel Rojas. Yes, Instagram, and, the real Miguel Rojas. And follow follow my man, all right? Miguel, thanks again for being on the show, mate. Thanks, buddy, man. Appreciate talking with you. Thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. No worries. Cheers. See you later, and, buddy.